We are so glad you could join us. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie, and we're your hosts. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing life stories and trying to make sense of growth, healing, and the journey home. Perhaps you'll relate to some of the things we discuss. Perhaps you'll pick something up from what we've learned along the way. We hope you feel part of the conversation and inspired to reflect on your own journey too. This is your invitation to connect with us. Welcome to Chrysalis Connection. Just a heads up before today's episode. So we are not experts nor trying to portray ourselves as so. Our aim is to share resources that have really helped us and to discuss our own experiences. So once again, we are not professionals in this area. The following discussion is purely anecdotal. We hope you find it valuable and most of all thought provoking. And as always, all the resources we mention are referenced in the show notes along with a few more. We really recommend doing some further research yourself. It can be truly empowering to understand your thought processes, coping mechanisms, and their effect on your mental health. If you feel that you might not be ready to listen just yet, feel free to pause now and listen at a later date or with somebody you trust. Hey, Lauren. Hello, Katie. So what's the topic for today? So today we are going to talk about therapy, a subject that is very close to both of our hearts and something that well, we're both experiencing separately and together, I would say, our so co-counseling yeah. sessions. <laughs> Definitely. So for those of you listening, by therapy, we mean talking therapy, counseling or psychotherapy, you know, talking to a mental health professional that creates a real safe space, empathy and recognition of our feelings through which we can work things out on our own. Mm. So that's the type of therapy we're, we're talking about today. So let's jump straight in. Imagine people at home will be thinking, okay, therapy, why go to therapy? Why have counseling sessions? It can be such an investment in yourself. I know we would both really recommend it for whatever stage of life you're at. Yes. If you are at a more critical stage with your mental health or emotional well-being, then we definitely recommend it. And there are so many fantastic resources and therapists out there. But we also recommend it for a checkup, really. I mean, you think you take your car for an MOT. You, mm. you go to the dentist every now and then. You go to a professional for so many areas in your life. You know, you get your hair done by a professional. You get your boiler checked by a professional. So why not see a professional every now and then for your mental health? Yeah, I think as well, like having space free of judgment to really show what's on your mind and personal experience. I find it quite difficult to talk about things sometimes because... I can have some thoughts that maybe I don't agree with or that can surprise me, but by saying it out loud, it loses its power or it releases it. So I don't ruminate Mm. on those kind of thoughts. Whereas before going to therapy, it was definitely easier to leave it in there and and have a bit of shame around it, really. And it's not necessarily like deep, dark stuff, but... It does kind of brew and fester when you leave it It's that cathartic experience. Releasing it into the wild. (laughs) Into the wild. (laughs) It's so true though, but I think whether it's talking about things or whether it's writing it down, there is Mm. a physical release that often follows just from releasing something. And things can seem so daunting and terrifying inside our heads. And we say them out loud and they actually sound a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Why have I wasted so much time thinking about that? Yeah. 
often we need another person to act as a mirror to sort of show us yes. that we, we can do it ourselves but not alone no I know with my therapist if I say things and obviously I, I try not to think about it too much when it comes out because I think if you think about it it can skew your perception or even their perception of it but then having another perspective of those views or, or what comes out of your mouth and then having it repeated back to you as well sometimes it does really help why was I thinking about it in that way? Or why was that the language I was using around it? That's not what I meant. And mm. really help you to develop insight into those thought processes. And especially what I really love is, I know we both talk about this, but something we're really curious about in our counselling sessions is when uh, our counsellor says, oh, I'm just wanting to go back to this point, or I'm, mm. I'm mindful of this, or I noticed that you said this, yeah. or, or they say, oh, I've got here in my notes. Uh, and we always share with each other how <laughs> we're just so curious, like, what are they writing down? I'd how love much to they write them. down. <laughs> like, I just love to just be a fly on the wall, just see mm. what's in that notebook, because... <laughs> It could just be so interesting. Not, I don't think it's a paranoid thing. No, just no, curious. Yeah, absolute curiosity. I think as I'm a well. Little bit nosy as well. Oh, I'm totally nosy. I like to know things. So I'd never spill the beans on anything. You know, I've learned my lesson. But if people tell me things now, I'd, I'd take them to the grave. I just like to know. Just curiosity. Yes, yeah, purely curiosity. But I think as well, it's having that space for an hour that's just for you. Mm. I know we talk about listening to hear instead of listening to respond. Because I think a lot of the time we'll be listening to someone and their problems or things that are going on in their life and thinking, oh, you know, like, how can I help this person? How can I make them feel better? I don't want them to be in pain or, you know, I'll share an experience that was quite similar of my own. But actually, sometimes we just want space to be listened to. That's what we need more than anything. We, we do really need it. And I do think a lot of the time people have just got so much to say on different things now. Like having that space. We need, we need a bit more quiet in our lives. And yes. I think especially these days with everything, you have a problem. The first thing you do is Google it. Like, how can I solve it? You know, we never sit with these problems. It's constantly, right, get on to problem solving mode. And mm. a lot of our, our friends will. And it comes from the best place. Of course, yeah. Meant with love. I'm learning to do do this as a friend as well is not constantly trying to solve someone's problems just listen to them yeah because a lot of the time I think actually I don't need advice I don't need someone to be all hands on deck I just need to be heard yeah and it's actually one of the most valuable things we can give each other we all know what we need to do really as well like we all have the answers inside us but I think sometimes having someone else try and tell us what to do pushes us further away from that. Definitely. I mean, we get a bit obstinate and stubborn about it. So it can delay the process of, I don't want to say fixing, but dealing with the problem or coming up with a solution. I don't like the word fixing because it implies that something is broken and it's not. It's really interesting that you say that. I started smiling yeah. as soon as you started saying that. Because I was on the phone with a friend about a week ago, agonising over having to quit a job put my health first and I, I rang her and I just said basically tell me what to do <laughs> I said I just need to hear it from someone else and she said well I think she quoted like Catherine Ryan she recommended her podcast to me anyway and she said I think what my inner Catherine Ryan would tell you to do is you already know what you're gonna do you just want someone to echo it to you <laughs> it's like yes that is it yes yeah, yeah exactly. affirmation. you just need to be mm. reassured in a way that it's that I can do that that it's the right thing to do and a lot of what I've gone through in therapy is exactly that. It's affirming my thoughts and feelings and that actually a lot of my sessions, and I think mm -hmm. this is an expensive way to, to hear this, but um, I have this space where I can get everything out and have a cry and, and this really cathartic experience in a safe space. And a lot of it is her reminding me that you're doing everything you, you need to do to look after yourself. And she often says you're really great at taking yeah. care of yourself and you're really aware and you always want to learn about things. Like she mirrors that to me and, and reassures me that I am taking care of 
of myself even though sometimes it feels like I need outside help a lot of the time she just reminds me that I have all of the tools anyway and I'm actually using them you know it still gets hard sometimes yeah so for people thinking then what's it like this is why we can go but what what's it like when you're actually there and I came up with a metaphor about this I think I was out on the balcony voice messaging you we always send each other post-therapy debrief and it's usually a really long podcast of a voice message and the highlight of my week (laughs) it really helps though doesn't it the therapy breakdown after the therapy we have like a double session it's like I've only done half of it when I've had that session because there's always the bit I'm going to journal about it or tell you about it afterwards and then it's like we benefit from each other's therapy too. Yeah. I, you know, I give it my undivided attention when I get that message from you because I, feel, I just find it so valuable mm-hmm. and so thought provoking as well. It was the processing. Definitely. And I came up with a metaphor that therapy or counseling feels like to me. It's like simultaneously zooming in on the intricate details and zooming out to see the bigger picture of your life simultaneously. And I also think it's a bit like doing a puzzle of your psyche of what makes you you, of every little belief and experience that makes up the tapestry of who you are. You're the one doing the puzzle and actually the counsellor is just pointing out potential pieces saying, Mm -hmm. why don't you try this one here? Or how about this one? What do you think? But it's your hands and your mind putting it together piece by piece. Totally agree with that. I know this is about talk therapy, but I have I've had a couple of sessions of somatic therapy, which is about getting into your body because I spend a lot of time in my head, which well, having talked about sobriety and recovery last week, one of the sayings my sponsor, because you have a sponsor in AA, she shared with me, you know, stop rummaging around in that head of yours, you know, get down from the loft because it's so easy to go upstairs and rummaging around and going through your filing cabinets of old thoughts and everything. And you lose touch with your body. And if you're being a child, you're more aware. It's not even being more aware, but it's natural reactions, natural responses to things. Whereas as we get older, we lose that a little bit and think, oh, does that make logical sense or make more decisions coming from our head rather than our body? So somatic therapy is all about getting in touch with your body and the feelings when you sort through different memories or experiences, supporting yourself Mm. through that. It's been really interesting to be aware of different sensations in my body, where they've been, what they felt like, what they felt good you know maybe I don't want to say bad because Mm. yeah it's a negative thing but maybe undesirable feelings uncomfortable feeling yeah uncomfortable feeling and and getting to to the story part of that and the why and she actually said to me exactly the same thing with the puzzle about you're not broken like you're perfect as you are your nature you're exactly the way you're intended to be it's just at this moment in time you know the puzzle pieces as you say are on the floor and it's about trying the different pieces so I really really love that analogy because it really really speaks to me like all of the pieces are there it's Mm. getting some kind of order or something that you can work with making sense of it all and I I love that is you're not broken none of us are and you don't need to be broken in order to benefit from counseling therapy not at all I think actually absolutely not if you do have the resources it can be such a such a valuable investment in yourself and in your well-being because you will only ever going to learn more about yourself and I don't think that's ever a waste of time effort or money I think actually everything we have in our life is a relationship whether that's with other people with abstract things Mm -hmm. like money Mm -hmm. and and boundaries and time but everything is a reflection of the relationship we have with ourselves and so investing in that relationship with yourself yeah getting to know you better will only ever benefit every other area of your life and I feel this really strongly I can't recommend it enough. Same. Why are we here? We're here to learn. (laughs) We're here to get to know ourselves, really. And we get to know ourselves and we find out what we're about and really get in touch with ourselves and have that relationship with ourselves. And then we can give to other people. We can be the best versions of ourselves to share our gifts with the world. I know know we 
speak about that a lot. Mm. And also, if we always come back to these two analogies of you can't pour for an empty cup, so you really need to make sure your cup is filled, and, and counseling yes. and things can be a really useful way to do that. And the other one of, you know, if a plane goes down, you mm. put your own oxygen mask on first. You have to help yourself to be able to help others. Absolutely. Burnout and things can happen when we, we don't do that. I said to you recently, as I've suffered from some type of illness, which is probably burnout related, and I'm experiencing some anxiety off the back of that. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, it's like following on from that analogy, I feel like I thought my oxygen mask was on. But maybe it was a bit dislodged and actually I wasn't getting enough air. Yeah. And so I, I wasn't actually well. And because of that, I then can't help others to the best of my ability. So it's really just checking that your oxygen mask is on well and your cup is filled, even if you think, you know, you might think it is, but actually you're not giving yourself enough time or you're trying to do too much or you're not processing some feelings or maybe you need to talk about it a bit more. Yeah. And it's not selfish either. I think like there's such a thing around being selfish because you know you want to do things for yourself but we're kind of in a place at the moment where people are so people are giving themselves away so much and forgetting themselves and actually some of the happiest people I know to others they may look selfish because they look after themselves first but they help so many more people and they are authentic unapologetically themselves they're doing things that make them happy which obviously makes them a pleasure to be around for other people it makes them more aware of their place in the world what they're doing how they can help other people and share things that have worked for them obviously Mm. can then go on and help other people so absolutely not selfish to put yourself first because you can do so much more you know they always say that if you know charity starts at home and kindness starts with yourself because this is not selfish it's kindness it's compassion it's giving forgiveness and having empathy and if you want to have that for other people you have to have it for yourself and I think a lot of us particularly females probably even more so mothers although I'm not one so I can't speak as one we have this archetype of the caregiver so constantly taking care of other people and how can you really have enough energy to take care of someone else if you're not looking after yourself as much as you could and also exactly if we are you know for those listening that are parents and things is that that's an example you're setting to your children that you have to look after yourself and would you want how you're feeling if you're not feeling the best and your cup's feeling empty for example would you want your children to feel that way no you'd raise them to look after themselves and so the best thing you can give to other people but only if you give it to yourself first yeah I totally agree with that yeah I think as well like we we tend to look for things in other people when we're not filling ourselves up we then look outside of ourselves and that's when I suppose the people pleasing comes into play and being staying in situations that don't necessarily serve us because it's trying to fill that hole in our soul we can. when actually we, we can do it. The main thing, I think, is feeling less alone. And finding easier to cope mm-hmm. with the, the difficult, heavy stuff, but also the everyday stuff. There have been certain things that I have thought were a yeah. really big deal at the time. And my counsellor just sort of said to me, I don't think you need to carry that. Not in a dismissive way, but in a really empathetic way, saying that this isn't yours, you know, this anxiety or this judgment. I don't think that's yours. Mm. I don't think you need to take that on. You can, you know, put it in a box and leave it over there. You don't need to take it on. In such a gentle and affirming, calm way, I thought, oh, yeah, it's really simple. I don't need to take that on. And that's it. And it is sharing the burden is sometimes we're reminded a lot of the burden isn't ours. You know, she always says to me a key word, boundaries. And maybe you could start to have some boundaries here. Or I think Mm -hmm. you might need to implement a boundary there. And that is something that we're both working on. That we will talk about it later on, perhaps yes. in, in the next season. Absolutely. It is recognising what is ours to carry and what isn't. Yeah. But it comes back to taking responsibility for yourself, doesn't it? 
like we're only responsible for ourselves we're not responsible for the actions of others yeah. and that's right taking responsibility yeah. for that if you do delve into past memories and the deeper things and trauma and things with a therapist it is a safe space and they will allow that and they will recognize that and they will remind you that you're allowed to feel these feelings and you know a lot of the time we sort of brush things off and stiff upper lip and we keep on <laughs> so going British. but actually they say for you at that time in your life that mm. was really hard and they tell you that with such compassion in their voices and you think yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, I'm just going to sit with that feeling and maybe connect with my inner child or younger me. Allow that feeling. And mm. it's just so important to be given, to give ourselves permission for our feelings. I think as well, it's important to note that there are no good and bad feelings. Because for me, like I've had to get in touch with anger because... You know, I always thought there was like a negative thing around feeling angry. I was always trying to adopt the, oh, well, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone, it's okay. Or people do the best they can with what they know. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had a right to feel angry. For me, there was what I didn't realize at the time, but there was all these resentments buried because I wouldn't release this anger. I would get frustrated and have these resentments and anger. And, you know, these, I'm going to put air quotes, negative emotions when actually I, I needed to feel those, I needed to process those. And the minute you you do that, again, like as I said before, you release it. Or, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a time. You can't just let everything out because it's just not physically possible. It's a time and a place, but it's being given that place. Exactly. I mean, it is tiring. There have been therapy sessions that I've finished and I've had to have a nap afterwards because yeah. I'm like, that was exhausting because you're creating new pathways in your brain too. I think neurologically what you're doing is massive. Yeah. And it's so new. Yeah. And emotion really manifests physically in our bodies. Yes. And she's good at getting me to tune in with that. And she'll say, well, yeah. you know, just sit with this feeling for a moment. Let's sit with this anxiety and maybe you can close your eyes and take some deep breaths and maybe put your hand on the part of the body where you feel it my hand will always go to my chest and my neck because I feel this lump here yeah. that I can't speak and so she'll get me to hold it and feel that area of my body and feel the emotion there and at other times she's said okay well let's say everything you want to say you know what do you want to say to that person mm. and a lot of the time it's myself <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed and I'm you know in my room on my bed shouting these things that I never said but it's so important to say them yeah. because you know when we look at into this from a health perspective perspective suppressed emotions create dis-ease in the body that can become illness and things so releasing suppressed emotions is so important on every level you know going back to what is actually like doing therapy or having it at the time is you know it can be physically exhausting yes yeah I notice how I feel after the session at the time I'm doing it but afterwards I think oh my goodness I'm so tired <laughs> I'm wiped out or a lot of the time I sweat a lot as well nerves or something you know, these sessions, it can go deep and you can get down to some really raw stuff if that's what you need to process. You know, I also sometimes feel like I need a nap afterwards. And most of the time, yeah. I'll voice message you like I'll need to continue yeah. talking it over. It really does help to process it. I quite often have a post-therapy cry as well. And it's not a bad thing. It's releasing it. Mm. And I'm such a fan of crying because we wouldn't have evolved this way to have everything that our bodies do for a reason. Like we wouldn't have kept the ability to cry if we didn't need it. And so just like sneezing or coughing or going to the bathroom, like if your body needs to do that, allow it. I feel such a release when I do cry. So really allow yourself those tears. Yeah, the same for me. It's taken me a long time to be okay with crying because I have in the past seen it as a sign of weakness. Like I've not been in touch because of that. Oh, you know, no, everyone's just doing their own thing. And as long as you're not hurting each other, it's okay. But actually, you know, it is absolutely okay to feel the emotions. It's, it's acting them out, you know, don't go and hurt someone. Be aware of how it can affect other people, obviously not to your detriment, but yeah. when you start having difficult conversations, 
which therapy has definitely helped me do to be able to express myself mm. I don't always get what I want when I do express myself but I know how I feel when I'm doing it or you know being able to talk with open-minded people yeah. in different situations oh you know like when this happened it made me feel this way instead of like you're always doing this or you know changing changing the narrative around it yeah the Gottmans have a lot of studies and information on changing your language around things like this and having difficult conversations and it has really helped and the people that you're talking to can benefit too because you're not making them feel defensive or putting them on the back foot so it's, it's opened up healthier conversations mm. and as you say like talking about it afterwards really helps to to process what's happened during the therapy session I've been encouraged to connect with my my younger self, my inner child, and, and actually written letters. So when I was struggling with body image things, I actually wrote a letter to my 13-year-old self that was, had huge confidence issues, especially in PE at school and things. And I mm. wrote her a letter. You know, this is things that people can do at home as well, or, you know, if you're not in a position to fund counselling at the moment, there are things you can do yourself, which we really recommend. So yeah, for people that maybe can't afford it at this time, I mean, if perhaps it is a moment of crisis, then I would really recommend trying to find a way to fund it or be able to afford it. But if it's more in the space of wanting to get to know yourself or maybe push yourself and challenge to level up in a way, then there's so many things you can do that are much lower cost or free. We're both a real fan of support groups and having an accountability partner. Yes, absolutely. I can personally really recommend the Shelf Help Book Club, which has mm -hmm. been fantastic. I found it this year and I joined as a member and later started hosting. And it's really great to be on both sides there and really benefit from it as a member and as a host. And I know that everybody that comes finds a really authentic experience like-minded or, or very different people coming together but still finding common ground and supporting each other and you know there is no judgment it's totally confidential it's built on kindness and compassion I personally can't recommend it enough and I, I know there are other sorts of support groups out there last episode you know we, we did talk about recovery in AA and then other things like Instagram YouTube videos online courses and self-help books I think as well journaling I want to add journaling to the list because maybe some people kept a diary when they were younger but I do really think it helps because it's just for you I used to do a practice I know I said to you about morning pages a book I got from the artist way I can't remember the name of the author we'll put it in the show notes and I found it really difficult to begin with but it was like a brain dump first thing in the morning you get up and you write for a four size pages of whatever comes into your head like do not think about it and having all of this put down on paper then gave my head the space to get on with my tasks during the day mm -hmm. it wasn't so foggy and so cloudy so I think yeah morning pages are great journaling as well yeah so good we recently hosted our first ever virtual event with the we with did. connection and part of it was what we called journal therapy so taking some stimulating questions uh, mm -hmm. writing them down and, and answering them and then sharing what we felt comfortable to share with other members that were there in a, in a safe space, totally confidential. And having that other perspective of other people saying, oh, maybe try this. And actually then after this, following the, the journal prompts, we, we created affirmations for each other based on our answers. And in a way that was role play. So as you and your pen and paper, you can be you and you can be a therapist in a way, asking yourself these questions and then reflecting on it. And you can play both roles at the same time. We really recommend it and we will be doing another similar event sometime soon. So yeah, it's great. Asking yourself those difficult questions and 
because it's just for you like you don't have to worry about anybody else reading it looking at it so you can really get honest with yourself yeah. which I think is one of the most important things about this is being honest with yourself you know mm. not not saying or doing things that you think other people want to see or hear or you know being somebody else's version of yourself being authentically yeah. you and spending more time with yourself and your feelings it's, mm. I think we do that enough we really encourage that before we wrap up and we are going to post a load of resources instagram handles and a few links in the show note and more on our instagram page so we'll put a lot of recommended content out there for people to get in touch with i recently wrote a testimonial for my counselor actually for her website if it's okay i'd like to finish by reading it yeah that'd be really lovely so here goes so i started having online counseling in january 2020 Even before the added challenges the year brought, my sessions have really helped me to navigate the challenges that came with settling into a new country. Over the course of this year, with her help in giving voice to some painful memories and allowing suppressed emotions to surface, I have felt able to navigate new situations in my life and I have felt brave enough to continue processing some difficult past experiences. Our sessions have been a safe space for me to be heard and for my feelings to be recognised. As a counsellor, she has listened with empathy to the things I've shared with her. She has taught me some useful techniques to add to my emotional toolbox. She has acknowledged some of my deepest feelings and in turn, I have been able to as well. In a few words, the sessions are guiding me on a journey home to myself. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. (laughs) So Lauren, for people listening at home, possibly considering starting some type of talking therapy or counselling now, do you have any tips? I'm going to share my own personal experience on this one because... I love this kind of stuff anyway but when I was looking for my current therapist it was just over a year ago now I think because I knew I was ready to start looking at my thought processes and coping mechanisms and I wanted to change them because I noticed the patterns and it wasn't a way that I wanted to live anymore it wasn't really serving me and helping me to be the best version of myself so I I don't know if I told you this at the time but I asked the universe to help me basically I asked for help so I was ready to look at what I was doing how I was living I asked for help and I found my therapist through this process, basically. Mm. So I put my question out there and my answer was returned to me through, you know, something that I have access to every day. And this, this process has worked for me in the past of asking the universe for help. It's not about sitting back and waiting for it to come to you either. You know, you, you do have to put the work in, but I really love that method and it has worked for me many times. I think we both feel like we've only just scratched the tip of the iceberg with this episode today. Mm. So it is something that we will be returning to regularly and referencing in other episodes. So please do get in touch. Contact us on our Instagram, which is at Chrysalis Connection. You can send us an email. The address is in the show notes. Anything we, we didn't cover that you'd like to hear about or experiences you'd like to share, ideas for upcoming virtual events we can do with this journal therapy, then mm. please do get in touch. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. We want to create a safe environment and community for people. So yeah, please feel free to get in touch. So thank you for joining us this far in the podcast it means a lot that you're here we'd really appreciate it if you could rate share and subscribe to see this podcast grow and if you do feel like leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts, that would mean the world it helps get episodes like these out to more ears also we'll be doing a bonus q a episode so get in touch to ask us anything and a massive thank you to david greenwood for creating our original music and also to adam lawrence for editing remotely for us thank you very much Thank you for listening. See you next time. Make good life choices. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.